Hello everyone, this is Kishore Chandra and we are here for a chit chat with myself and Jaya Jagannath Prabhu and so we've been doing this chit chat for um, since the very beginning of uh, the whole pandemic situation and we've been going strong for 145, 145 episodes. Uh, so it's been a, a good run of chit chat. And uh, last week we were, welcome Geneva and welcome Shyam, Hare Krishna. Last week we, um, we had some downtime. Welcome Amir, Hare Bo. And uh, this week we're only doing it on uh, Monday, Wednesday and Friday. Welcome Sid and Jay Jagannath is here. I apologize. I apologize. Can you hear I can hear Yeah. For some reason it does that every time. Okay, it's good. Can can you hear me now? Yeah. I apologize. I'm at a park. I couldn't get back to the temple in time. Wow. Sorry. Well, hopefully the connection gods are with us today. I hope so. Well, I have other bad news. My phone is at low percentage. Not too low, but it's kind of low. I'm sorry. I tried to charge it, but my charger is broken. Everything's falling apart. I'm losing my voice because I went to Harinam. And I might have COVID. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Krishna. I was going to say that I was going to say that what you just said is very much akin to the situation of the material world. It's like one thing doesn't work. And then you try to fix that thing with something, but then that thing has all its complications. And then you have a whole mess of problems and you're like, okay, well, uh, let me now let me try to fix it with this thing. But this thing is now falling apart and broken. I feel like New York is good for that reason. For everyone who's joining, Jaya Jagannath is in New York City right now, which I'm excited to hear about how that's going for him. But I think, you know, we had, a, we had an episode where we were kind of like bashing on New York, but then, you know, you graciously brought it back. <laughs> you brought it back. But I think that New York and big cities are good in that sense, that they really, really remind you that like the material world is a place of suffering, like padam padam vi padam natesham. That like this is a place of suffering. In Bhagavad Gita, Krishna is also saying like this: like it is a place of suffering. It is a place of pain. And I think that sometimes when you're in more, what's the word? Like luxurious, cushy. I'm in Ecuador in a very, very, very large house on a private island. And to me, the material energies, you know. It's, seeming pretty nice right now and i think that when you're when you get into that mood or that bob like oh yeah everything's fine like this is great the beach and whatever it can become very um seductive and it's very misleading because you think that you're going to get something out of it and at the end of the day you get nothing mm. and so i think in some ways new york can be good in that sense that it really keeps you on your toes it's like yeah this is this is the material world and it's in your face and it's broken and falling apart and messy. I don't know. What's your experience been? Since I have been a lot of thoughts on what you just said, but I'm going to hold off on that. And I, I do want to share my experience. Um, the first thing that the first thing that really stands out in New York for me is 
they're like super extra about the COVID thing. Mm. Like super extra. And um, I guess it kind of makes sense because there's a lot of people here. But a lot of the stipulations just don't make logical sense to me. Like, for example, if you want to enter into a restaurant, you have to have your mask on. Okay. But once you get in, you can take your mask off. And mm. <laughs> that, that doesn't make it, It's hard for me to understand that sort of stipulation because it's like if I have COVID, so wearing a mask prevents me from giving it to others, which is what we hear. Uh, but then once I'm inside the property, I'm permitted to take it off and talk and eat, which is a, eating is a very messy process, generally speaking. <laughs> so if someone has COVID, if you're permitted to take your mask off in a restaurant, you're likely to spread it if it's really a contagious airborne thing. Anyway. Yeah. Um, so, with, you know, they're super extra about COVID here, which makes me kind of giggle and i guess it makes sense also for those who really embrace the reality of what's happening embrace mm. as reality that this is the situation but you know mm. i have my my skepticisms about um mm. but what it's made me what it's forced me to think about and which has been my meditation for today because i spent my whole day literally in the park like literally my whole day in the park and then i went to harinam and then i came here so i just been outside the whole day and um, what's been my contemplation, which is something I kind of wrote about maybe a month back, is the, the dignity of life versus the duration of life. Mm. And I, I noticed because when I was at Harinam, got a chance to see some old friends that I haven't seen for at least half a year because we've been quarantined. And everyone so afraid to like touch each other, you know, Friends can't embrace each other, you know, after being apart for such a long time because you might get COVID if you if you embrace or if you even touch each other. And I found that to be demoralizing. Mm. Um, I have particularly I hadn't seen one particular friend for a while, and you know he had the mask on and didn't want to come too too close because you get the COVID. And it's like, hey, bro, if I was sick, then I, I wouldn't come out. Like, I have that much, you know, that much empathy. I know I can be a little bit, I joke, sociopathic <laughs> as such, but I have that much empathy where I wouldn't come out. Well, you know, you might be asymptomatic. It's like, wow, you can be sick without, anyway, I'm not going to get into that part. But it was it was demoralizing to see, like, wow, friends can't embrace each other they are standing far away from each other because you might have covid and so it made me think about yeah this topic i brought up before about duration of life versus dignity of life mm. and um what is what is more important at the end of the day like we've esteemed living for a long time which is something that the shastra doesn't particularly esteem you know there's this whole passage in the third chapter of the second canto where it it mentions that the trees live for, you know, hundreds and hundreds of years. But what is the value of such a life? And of course, mm. it's spoken of in the context of being minus devotion. You know, the bellows, they appear to be breathing. But what is the value of such breath mm. if minus devotion? That's the context of these passages. So coming back to the duration of life, I think it's our conditioned nature. Like as humans, we're conditioned. All entities in this world are conditioned by ahara nitra bhaya maitunam, mm -hmm. eating, sleeping, fearing, and, uh, uh, and mating. 
So I think it's human nature to esteem survival over dying with dignity. Mm. It's, it's sort of like a human nature thing where as long as somehow, as long as you survive, that's what matters most. And dying with dignity is not as important. And I'm not like obviously saying this in the context of what I'm, my experience right now in New York is a little extra, um, but I'm just putting it out there as a sort of philosophical contemplation or something to deliberate upon. Is it more important to die? Is it more important to live even in a demoralized state than to die with dignity, especially you know, the sort of divine dignity of the soul? Like which one is really more important? And although we, if, if we were to deliberate upon that, I think we would easily say dying with dignity. But when it comes to how we live, we're just conditioned to esteem. We're conditioned to esteem survival, even if in a demoralized state. And that's kind of been my contemplation and my disappointment about my experience here so far. I found the verse that I was looking for because I was thinking of a verse um, in Bhagavatam while you were speaking. And it's also in the second canto. Sorry, can you hear me? Sorry. <laughs> I am. I, you know yeah. what? I ain't going to lie. My phone, Instagram takes a lot of energy really fast. And How my bad phone, is your phone doing? It's bad. It's bad. I ain't going to lie. It's, it's kind of bad. Like, like, like below 10%. <laughs> Moving in that direction. I'm oh trying God. to charge. I'm trying to charge it. Um, but then if I take off my <laughs> headphones, I think you get more of the surrounding environment. Yeah. I am so sorry that I wasn't more prepared for this. I thought my phone was more charged and I really it's think okay. I brought up a really good subject for discussion. <laughs> you did. Um, it's okay because we can still hear you and we can sympathize with you being in uh, New York. I, I feel that like I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put it that way because I think New York is one of those cities where you're just like your phone's not charged and I'm looking for something and I have to go to this place and I tried to get to this place on time but it didn't happen for XYZ reason and now I'm trying to charge the phone and like the weird charging for it and it's, you know, you have like a bag and everything's falling out of it. Yeah. But I was thinking of this verse from Srimad Bhagavatam, um, second canto, chapter one, verse 12. It says, what is the value of a prolonged life which is wasted, inexperienced by years in this world? Better a moment of full consciousness because that gives one a start in searching after his supreme interest. And so this is kind of just to, to amplify your point and to speak on that point more that like, yeah, the Shastra specifically isn't necessarily like saying like, live this like super long life and amass as much material wealth as you possibly can and just get like super comfortable and try to just like live as long as just hold on for dear life as, as long as you can you know and th that's not what the shastra is saying to us actually the, the shastra is saying to us that there's what's the use right what's the use of a life that is inexperienced of a life that is not clear in the direction that it's going um in a life that is uh you know accosted by the material energies that there's no use to this that rather let me have this one moment just one moment of like, and that's really, you know, it's really interesting because that's really the consciousness 
that we should be approaching devotional life with. I know that that's not what I'm doing. I'm, I'm just going to say that out loud. I know that that's not what I'm doing, but that is the consciousness that we should be approaching devotional life with in the sense of like, God, if I could just see Krishna once, you know, if I could just pray in front of Krishna once in this entire life, I give up everything in a heartbeat. If I could just have one moment of like enlightenment, of seeing, of having darshan of Krishna, boom, I give all of this up. And maybe we can say that in like, a, you know, in a poetic way on an Instagram post or like whatever. But the reality of it is like, the reality of it is like, uh, you know, are we, are, are you ready to give that kind of stuff up? You know, am I able, am I ready to give up my, my creature comforts so that I can have a moment of transcendence, you know? Or I think even better yet in this example that you're giving, am I ready to give up my own safety and I'm going to put safety in air quotes, right? I'm going to put safety in air quotes because I completely agree with you. I remember when I flew over here to Ecuador, you had to have the mask on the entire time during the airplane, except when you ate. And I was like, wait, this person is like right next, they're like right here. <laughs> they're, right, they're right here. It's like worse than a restaurant. Right. They're right here. And this person's like taking off their mask and like, you know, some people have sloppy eating manners, like eating and stuff, eating meat. Okay, we're not going to go there. But I was just like, thank God, like, I'm not super crazy about this kind of stuff. I was just like, but this is intense. Like if someone, you know, who was really intensely worried about the COVID had to sit on an airplane and do that, I feel like, I don't know, it makes no sense. So that's why I'm saying, like, are we ready to give up our quote unquote safety quote unquote material safety for this body, which is going to end anyway, for, for, for Krishna, for enlightenment, for making progress on our emotional path, you know? I think it's a question, a good question to ask ourselves. Yeah, uh, I wanna say my phone, if my phone suddenly dies, maybe we can continue this shit chat tomorrow, although we already announced Monday, Wednesday, Monday, Wednesday Friday. Friday. But if my phone suddenly dies, I really would like to continue this discussion because I have a lot to say on this. I'm charging Fine. my phone, but it might die anyway because this charger is real ghetto. It's not, <laughs> not like the original charger. It's like a ghetto one that I got from like Chinatown. So it might, <laughs> it's not working properly. That's just... Um, oh, yeah. I, as, you've been, as you know, I've, I've referenced this in the last couple of chit chats, but I was reading this book, The Screwtape Letters from C.S. Lewis. Um, and again, Screwtape is the name of a high-placed demon who's a servant of the devil, referred to as Our Father Below. And mm. he, he helps guide young tempters who are um, employed with the task of de deviating newcomers to Christianity from God. So he tells them all the tactics to employ in order to turn them comprehensively away from God on the path to hell. A pretty brilliant mm. book. Um, it, again, for the Vedantin, it's like the rajasic mind and how it turns us away from the beloved. Mm. I think I'm going to do some articles on this because the book has been very inspiring. I finished it just today. Very inspiring book. Anyway, at one point in the book, I wanted to share a reference from there, if you mm. would permit me. Yes, I downloaded the book. So, I'm excited to read it. This is Screwtape speaking to one of the fiends, Wormwood, and um, he's, okay, in this, in, in this part of the letter, there's a war that's happening in Europe, 
And so the Christian may suddenly die. And the fiend, the, the young fiend is kind of like happy about this. Like, yeah, he'll mm. die, corrupted his soul. But um, Screwtape is warning him like, this is very bad for us. Better we allow him to live for a long time and we should pray for his protection. And so mm. this is counterintuitive to this young tempter. So he wants to explain the logic of this. And in the course of doing so, he says this. Um, speaking about humans, he says, um, okay, they, humans, of course, do tend to regard death as the prime evil and survival as the greatest good. But that is because we have taught them to do so. Mm. Do not let us be infected by our own propaganda. This, this little sentence, sentence just blew me away. Mm. They tend to regard death I am evil and survival as the greatest good. But that mm. is because we have taught them. Do not let us be infected by our own propaganda. Okay, he goes on to explain why. I'll just read a little bit more. I know it seems strange that your chief aim at the moment should be the very same thing for which the patient's lover and his mother are praying, namely his bodily safety. Mm. So you, shall, you also pray for that. But it is, you should be guarding him like the apple of your eye. If he dies now, you lose him. If he survives the war, there's always hope. Well, what hope? The enemy, and by the enemy he means God, has guarded him from you through the first great wave of temptations. But mm. if only he can be kept alive, you have time itself for your ally. The long, dull, monotonous years of middle-aged prosperity or middle-aged adversity are excellent campaigning weather. In other words, mm. if he lives for a long time, <laughs> we have a lot of time to corrupt his soul, either through prosperity or through adversity. Both are mm. excellent weather. And we see that happen. Like, for example, I have, this hasn't happened to me yet. I hope it doesn't happen to me. I'll try to be a good devotee. But it happens that you, you join devotional circles, you become a devotee, maybe at a young age or whenever you become a devotee, and then later on, you fall away from devotion. For whatever the reasons might be, you fall away. And during that time of being away from God, away from bhakti, you may get into really wild things. Not going to go into any details of that, but it happens. And so Screwtape is telling him, okay, you're Christian. He survived the first way, but he lives longer. We'll have great campaigning weather to corrupt himself further. So you also pray for his protection. And he says this in the context of humans thinking that death is the greatest evil. Mm. Survival is the greatest good. When in fact, death is not the great evil. Mm. In informs us that one of the important items of knowledge in the Gita is the constant contemplation of death. You shall anudarsha means you continuously see Mm. fault of birth, death, disease, and old age. And the reason is that this is an important item of knowledge by which the Supreme is understood because in that contemplation is the understanding of the preciousness and also the temporality of life and therefore the tendency not to waste it. Mm. Because I die today. So if I'm going to die today, let me live in such a way that is congruent with the divine dignity of my soul. Mm. As soon as I lose that contemplation that death may come to me today, then the more likely I am to 
allow myself to be beguiled by worldly temptations that aren't congruent with the divine dignity of my soul and maybe not even the divine dignity of my human morality mm. there we tend to allow that to slip away also <laughs> and then suddenly we live a life that's not in um integrity of my soul and of consciousness and suppose you die that day mm. that day that you allow to slip away away from the integrity of your true principles or your true spiritual values suppose you died that day what a horrible day it would be but suppose having kept the contemplation of death in mind like today may be actually my last day so let me live a life congruent with the dignity of my soul mm. then what what a life it would be even if it's a life of 48 years mahaprabhu lived only for 48 years jesus lived for like what 30 something Shankar Chari, 33 years. Like, a lot of great saints then live long lives. But the, the quality of that life was amazing. Mm. So, Screwtape, the head tempter, is telling him, these humans, they tend to regard as the mm. great evil death. But death is not the great evil. A life that is turned away from God is a greater evil still. But mm. you know, esteem, survival. And then, let's be real. Okay, we're practitioners, so we tend to be okay in terms of our spirituality. Like, at least mediocre. But, like, when I'm, I'm here in New York City, I'm not trying to be, I don't mean this as a judgment, but, like, what type of life people are living? No tears. I'm not living the best life either. I could be doing <laughs> a lot better, frankly speaking. But I'm also here, like, what type of life people are living? Mm. So, suppose you're going living 80 years like this. What is the value of that life? Mm. Like, like I guess the secular mind tends to just ascribe value to life for life itself. You know, just like they tend to ascribe knowledge for knowledge yeah. some sort of virtue. So we yeah. have a tendency to ascribe life for life's sake as a virtue. Mm. Um, what is the value if all your life consists of is doing drugs, having sex, walking in circles all day? Mm. Um, walking in cycles throughout your life of happiness and distress and foolishness, then what would be the difference between dying now and dying later? What is mm. the value of such life? So anyway, this is, it's hitting my soul for the time being. Probably after a couple of days, I'll be back into the bewilderment of things. But just for today, it has hit my soul that, yeah, what is what, the dignity, a dignified life, especially one that's mm. concurrent with my soul, um, is more important than the duration of my life mm. and living, especially living a life that's turned away from God. It's really kind of hitting me more profoundly today. I think that, um, yeah, you've brought up such wonderful points and yeah, this is a point that we've spoken about on church chat so many times and about the dignity of life versus the duration of life. And and working toward that dignity as opposed to, you know, the duration. Because I think the majority, <laughs> I think the majority of us can, are, are working towards the duration and not so much towards the dignity. And uh, something interesting that you said that really caught me was like, was like when you were speaking about the screw tape letters, this thing about our idea about death, that death is like the great, you know, the, the, it's the awful thing and survival is really kind of like the, the thing that, that we're aiming for. And I just like remembered, I remembered, it's happened many times, but I remember when um, His Holiness Radnath 
Swami Maharaj, mm. uh, when we were still having sessions at the Bhakti Center and like this and, me, and big, big programs at the Bhakti Center, you know, it just reminded me because while you were speaking of all this in the background, I heard a siren, I heard sirens. And this is very common for New York City. And this is very common for big cities in general. And I remember that, you know, the Bhakti Center is in the East Village of New York City. And so it's lots of hustle and bustle and like this. So Maharaj Gurudev would be giving a, a lecture and it'd be 150 people, 250 people, 200 people packed into the small room. And he'd be speaking and all of a sudden there'd be an ambulance coming and a siren and it would be so loud, like piercingly loud that he would just have to, that he would have to stop. Like he would just have to stop talking and just listen to the siren and just be like, and it's interesting because I remember in those moments, you could see other people in the audience kind of reacting like, ah, you know, ah, whatever, you know, as New Yorkers usually react to these kinds of things, like epic siren. Like, what the, uh, you could see people in the audience getting a little bit like ruffled about it because Guru Dave stopped talking and he would just speak on it. He would say, this is a great reminder. He would say, this is a great reminder for us to remember to take life seriously, to take our spiritual life seriously. He would say that this is a, um, oh, what's that word that he would use and that we use during the men's group? Yeah, the urgency. Like this is a reminder for us that our spiritual life, there's urgency to our spiritual life. That at any moment in time, this can happen to us, this can happen to our loved ones. And so therefore we should be thinking about this. We should be thinking that this can happen at any moment in time. And hopefully, like you're saying, may my thoughts be filled with thoughts of Krishna and not, you know, my, my, my rascalness, my monkey mind like this. And I think that in general, yeah, the secular world and the Western secular world for that matter has a very unhealthy relationship with death. You know, I think it's really, really, really just like, we, tr we try I'm, to I'm so glad you said that. Yeah. Cause it reminded me of another contemplation I had right before we got on chit chat that in the East, and in a lot of Eastern traditions, they tend to encourage contemplations on death yeah. to improve the quality in which you live life. And in the Western world, they tend to kind of, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Like eclipse any sort of discussion about death. And as a result of that, the quality of life goes down. Yeah. Like I thought the, I thought the contrast was interesting where, yeah. uh, Prima facie, um, these Eastern cultures appear to be morbid because they encourage contemplation of death. But the, the result of it is that it improves the quality of life. Mm. Whereas other cultures seem to be more jovial because they disregard such contemplations. But mm. the effect is quality of life goes down. Yeah. And this contrast is extraordinary to me, actually, how that happens. It's, a, it's such a big contrast, and it's, and it's the case. And I think that, unfortunately, you know, we're not going to get into politics for this chit chat, but I think, unfortunately, we're really, we're really seeing that take place in the United States right now. Like, you know, the United States is big global power like this. And people are just realizing over and over again, like, what is my quality of life? You know, like, I see these memes going around or these questions going around that people are really starting to ponder and ask, like, wait a minute. So everything is closed. Wait, can but... I share a meme? Yeah, 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 share a meme. Okay, the, the, the meme is a picture of a cat, of a cat, one, one with three angels flying around the cat. One angel is holding a golden bowl of milk. Another angel is like fanning cat. Another angel is like brushing its hair. And 
the, the meme says me during quarantine at the top, me during quarantine. And one angel says Netflix, one angel says porn, and the other angel says like eating. <laughs> exactly, exactly. <laughs> and I, when I saw the meme, obviously I was like dying of laughter. And I was just like, yeah, what is the value of a life like that? Like, uh, you had to spend, you know, you had a week to live and you were forced to live out your days like that. <laughs> Better I die now. Better a dignified death mm. than a moralizing life. Mm. I'm going to need to write that down. That's a right. good quote. Better a dignified death than a demoralized so-called life. Sure. We're gonna get this merch store started, everyone. We have we have some stuff cooking that we'll tell you about later, but we're gonna get this sh shirt store started. I really like what Abai says. He says that the Western relationship with death, don't talk about it. And I really no, like- No, what is the result of that relationship? Everything well, is diminished in quality. Everything is diminished in quality. And I, I, a point that I was gonna mention is that everything is diminished in quality and we lose sight of our like, forefathers, our elders, our traditions, um, our role models. And instead we're putting like, you know, I don't know who, like, who's a, like, who do people look at as a role? Like, you know what these kids are listening to these days. I have no Cardi idea B. Cardi B, Cardi B. But wait, what I was gonna say was that America, and I don't know about other Western countries like Europe, but the United States, we can speak about specifically, has a very unhealthy relationship, a societal relationship with aging and with old and with elders and with octogenarians and with like putting people into homes and just like totally forgetting about that they exist and just like kind of like not having even services for, for people in that age. And I know this from working in social work that like as you age, you know, it's like your uh, ability to get services, like it's just, you get more demoralized because the country doesn't really take care of you. So the mentality is that I, you know, have to amass as much wealth as possible throughout my younger years because the society is going to forget about me and I have to just like completely be on my own. And a lot of people that you see on the streets of New York are actually older people. It's a lot of older people, you know? And it's like, we've lost touch with, um, you know, paying respects to our elders, paying respects to our forefathers. And now it's just this like hyper, hyper sexualized youth culture that it's like, we're just going to be young forever. And like, you know, Cardi B or like, whatever. I see the comments blowing up. So that was just on a bias point. I know Case, um, Case, Case has me. Anyway, that's Jack Case. He has this amazing quote he's sharing. It's the soul afraid of dying that never learns to live. Mm. Another amazing short one. I really, I'm really feeling that on this particular day with the particular sort of deliberation that's been in my head all day. And PB Chad is saying, I see so many suffer needlessly because they or their family members are not at peace with death, even when their body is irreparable. Yeah. And then PB Chad, oh wait, let's, let's focus on that for a second. I think it's really interesting, you know, when we look at, I mean, this is, we could, we could talk about this more on Wednesday. But it's really interesting, like the hospital system, ugh, it's such an undignified way to, to be, you know? And I think that um, something really interesting, I'll just share this very quickly. Like in the United States, obviously there's healthcare 
issues, like, and by healthcare, I mean, like, insurance issues and, like, not having access to healthcare. But in Latin America, it's worse. So um, I'll, just share this. I just, I'll just share this. It's, like, really funny. And this happened to me. But, like, specifically in this country, it's, like, um, it's known that, like, you can easily get scammed at the hospital by doctors where it's, like, like if you don't have a if you don't have a good insurance company like if you can't afford insurance the doctor will most likely scam you or if you don't have good insurance that's going to fight for you the doctor will just be like um so in your scan i found that your appendix is about to burst even though it's not like even though it's not nothing's wrong with your appendix and they're just like yeah we're going to need to keep you overnight in the connected to the tubes and we're going to need to do surgery that's going to be fifty thousand dollars or like whatever just to scam you just to keep you locked up in the bed and you know that happens here all the time it happened to me as a teenager and my parents like we had lawyers got involved and it's like a normal thing that happens here where it's like and it's sad and funny but also the point that i'm trying to make is that like there's so much effort on trying to keep people in an undignified place in life undignified sick, dying, cut up, you know, surgeries, connected to machines, undignified, addicted to drugs, medicine, you know, undignified like this. And it's such a whole industry. Like we know that we don't need to, we don't need to go there. And then let's see, Madhavapuri is saying, we spend so much of life trying to add things to it, relationships, material desires. It occurs to me that we should work more on the removal of things, fear, desire, etc. That is a general encouragement of Eastern philosophies, Vedanta definitely. Um, better, better you let go, because you'll be forced to anyway when death comes. Yeah. So be classy about it. <laughs> exactly. You know, exactly. <laughs> be classy, everyone. Like, don't go out like clinging to life, you know? Right. Oh God. Be classy. Can we have that on a shirt too? Like be classy. <laughs> Just be classy, everyone. Be like, classy about it. <laughs> yeah, we, here's a good one. Here's a good one. Death is coming for you. Be classy about it, you know. Be classy about it. Be classy about it. Light some sage, you know, like light some incense, chant Hare Krishna. Yeah, you know, okay, sorry to bring this up. Not sorry, not sorry, but V for Vendetta. Love I I, great movie. I saw it again recently, like two, three weeks ago with friends. And at one, anyway, if you don't know the movie, you, not that I'm recommending you look it up, but it is a good movie. Um, I, I would say it's kind of an interesting commentary about what's happening now. There are a lot of parallels there. Anyway, at one point when V is about to kill the lady who did all those experiments on him, I liked how classy she was about it. Yeah. <laughs> she wasn't like freaking out. She like, she knew V was coming for her. And so when he arrived in her room suddenly, and um, she was like, I knew you were coming. Um, she apologized for the role that she played in his degradation and destruction. Yes. And then she was like, will it be violent? You know, are you going to kill me violently? He was like, no, it's going to be by, you know, a needle. And she's like, okay, when, when will you do it? He said, I already did it 10 minutes ago. And she was like, okay. <laughs> like, I just loved how, like, classy she was about it. You know, she wasn't freaking out. She knew it was coming. She, she thought it was justified. And she was kind of, like, stoic about it. It was very, although it was, um, I, don't know, I don't know if it was intended to be inspiring, but I found that particular scene inspiring. Like, yeah, I want to be like that when I die. Just, like, 
you're about doing your thing and then Grim Reaper rocks in. He said, I came for you. You're like, oh, okay. Oh, it's time? <laughs> okay. I'm Be ready classy. to go. <laughs> Hi, Krishna. Hi, Krishna. But <laughs> you can only do that if you've lived, you know, appropriately. Mm. If you haven't lived, you know, in the way recommended by Shastra, specifically, then how will you be able to be so classy about death when it comes upon you? It would be impossible. So, mm. anyway. This is a good topic, bro. Yeah. This is a very good um, topic my, because... It, oh. My, my phone is doing the in and out thing. Maybe yes. we can read some of the comments and close it out. Thank y'all for tolerating the <laughs> environment on my side. <laughs> the, the New York insanity. Uh, so let's see, what other comments are there? We'll do a few more comments. Uh, PB Chad, I see that families can't be bothered with aging or death. Yeah, no sense of service or gratitude. Yes, yes, yes. Captain Sid, be classy. T-shirt idea. And then Keisha asked me, the irony of of the is the, the irony of the Kamadina Katina Katida verse because we try to promote a culture of what do I get out of it? Yet with sensual pursuits we get nothing, yet we keep looking. Yeah, that's a that's a, a verse in the CC. And the verse is saying that there is no there's no end to the unwanted orders of my lusty desires. They have not shown me any mercy, nor um, have I ever desired to give them up. Mm. So he's saying this is the irony of that, of lusty desires, is that you want more and more and more, but what do you actually get out of it? You get nothing. Nothing. Which reminds me of that other quote, which I shared in the Manskasanga. Which one? Also from Screwtape book. I'd like to share it again. Oh, yes. Before I close it out. Um, give me a second to pull it up. Show notebook. Here's a quote. Y'all will really love this one. It's a really good one. He says here, it does not matter. Now, this is in the context of increasing the desires one by one. It does not matter how small the sins are, provided that their cumulative effect is to edge the man away from the light and out into the nothing. Mm. <laughs> that, when I read it, I was like, <laughs> <laughs> I was like startled. It does not matter how small the sins are, provided mm. that the cumulative effect is to edge the man away from the light and out into the nothing. Murder is no better than cards if cards can do the trick. Mm. Indeed, the safest road to hell is the gradual one, the gentle slope, soft underfoot, without sudden turnings, without milestones, without signposts. Anyway, Keshava's um, quote, statement, reminded me of that. That mm. by facing lust, you think I want more and more and more, but you actually get nothing. Mm. But they edge you, all the increasing lust and desires, they edge you away from the light and out into the nothing. And um, I'm going to do a book. I'm going to do a little book group for the Screw Tapes letters. I think we should do it maybe. Even if we don't yeah, do, well, it, I'm gonna do it, it's such a good book. It's so inspiring. Well, maybe we don't go into too much into detail today, but, you know, uh, Jai Jagannath and I are having some ideas of how to make chit chat 
a little bit more uh, dynamic, a little bit more um, organized. And so we're looking communal. at something. Yeah, communal. So we're looking at something along the lines of like maybe doing, you know, with, with the audience that's kind of tuning in every day that's been here since the beginning, um, doing some sort of like book group where we like read something together and we come together on, on Zoom or, you know, we'll, we'll figure out what platform and we discuss and we discuss about a certain section of the book, you know, we'll do chapter by chapter like this. And that could be like one offering of chit chat. And then we'll have like the traditional podcast um, offering for the rest of chit chat. And so we'll share with you more about that because we are going to, there are going to be some changes to chit chat coming soon. Um, but we're going to tell you more about it on Wednesday. More on that. More on yeah, that. more on that later. Thank y'all so happy. much for tolerating me today. Yeah, thank you, Jaya. And I'm so surprised that your phone held up through all this. I was like, I was waiting for it to go out, honestly. Uh, yeah, but it, it, it lasted. So thank you so much, Madhavapuri PB Chat. They're saying they love that idea, Princess Pepina PB Chat. Um, thank you so much um, for all your wonderful comments, Keisha Smee. Thank you for your comments, and Sid, and of course, Madhavapuri always giving such wonderful, amazing comments. And Kavi, Kaylee, Kaylee, we saw Kaylee was there. Thank you all so much, Pat, who's been tuning in every day since the beginning. This is episode 146. Can you believe that, Jaya? We've been going oh, strong amazing. since the beginning. So thank you all so much, and we'll be here on Wednesday. Hadi, hadi, bo. Thank you, everyone. Thank you. Thank you, Jaya. Thank you, Sean.